This is Heather, and you're listening to Let's Go There. Welcome, everyone, to Let's Go There. I'm Heather, and I want to tell you a little bit about myself and why I'm starting this podcast before we get started on today's topic. The first thing you need to know is that I am a follower of Jesus. I am a wife, mother to two beautiful children. I'm a photographer, artist. For those of you who don't know me, you have to understand that podcasting is so outside of my comfort zone. Talking to people that I don't know and being the center of attention is not me at all. When I was a kid, I would actually hide from the cashier at the grocery store if she started to talk to me. I was the quiet kid, and I still am, except for the very few people that I know really well and am comfortable around. When my husband and I started dating, people would actually ask us if we ever talked to each other because both of us were just so quiet all the time. So the fact that I'm sitting here now talking to all of you lovely people is a testament to what God can really do in somebody's life. Last year, when COVID shut everything down, I was kind of glad because my husband started working from home, and so I had help during the day to take care of our kids, and taking care of two young children at home by yourself every day is no small feat. Plus, then I could actually go running during the day, which is the reason that I don't go crazy. My husband started telling about some podcasts that he started listening to, so I decided to give listening to podcasts a try, and I immediately fell in love with them. I would listen to them while I ran, while I mowed the grass, while driving, and the two that I started with, the first one was Secret Church by David Platt. And Made for This by Jenny Allen was the other one. And I'll have references to both of those in the show notes because I cannot recommend them enough. They are amazing. And I can truly say that they've changed my life and and brought me into a place of deeper relationship and dependence on Christ. I was actually mowing the lawn one day while listening to a podcast, and I just started thinking— A lot of my best thinking happens on the lawnmower because we have five acres to mow. And as you can imagine, it takes forever. So I started thinking about what I would call a podcast if I were to start one. And my brain went to, let's talk about that. But there's a popular YouTube channel that uses that as their tagline. So I kind of thought that that would be taken. And then my mind went to, let's get down to business, which then led me to thinking and singing about defeating the Huns. So that definitely wouldn't work. After chasing that thought down the rabbit hole for a few minutes, I really felt like God was telling me to actually do this. And I started thinking about what on earth I would even have to talk about. And I could feel him whispering to me. He said, let the people know they are not alone. This is something that's been on my heart since my husband and I walked through a miscarriage a few years ago. And after going through that, I never wanted anyone to go through that and feel like they're alone. It's miserable and lonely, and it can get very dark. And I don't want that for anybody. I want to talk about things that are hard because people have to know that they're not alone. The devil likes to get us isolated and make us feel alone and that like we're the only ones that are going through that. And it's a downright lie. And if I can stop that for somebody, if I can be that word of of hope, that word of just truth to somebody, then I'm willing to tell my story. I'm willing to put it out there. Even though I'm shy, I'm still going to obediently do what God's told me to do because I believe He told me to tell people my story. The very next week after having that random thought about starting a podcast, I was meeting with two of my friends for a Bible study, and we were going through Jenny Allen's Proven, which is amazing, by the way, and I'll have a link 
to that in my show notes as well because I can't recommend her stuff enough. And that week's study was about risk, risking for God. It was talking about a parable that Jesus told in Matthew 13, 44, about a man digging in a field and finding buried treasure. He wanted that treasure and was willing to sell everything he had to buy that field and get that treasure. Can you imagine like me selling my house and my car and all of my stuff and going and buying a piece of land? Like people would think that I'm crazy. And I'm sure people thought this guy was crazy too, but he knew that it would be worth it because he knew how valuable the treasure in that field was. And one of the questions that we had on our conversation cards was, what small or large risk is God calling you to right now? And I waited in silence for my friends to give their answers because none of us wanted to say, and no one answered. And so I bit the bullet and I started talking and I said, I know this sounds crazy, but I think God wants me to start a podcast. I told them the idea that God had laid on my heart about talking about things that a lot of people go through but don't necessarily talk about, like miscarriage or infertility, doubting their faith, being a step-parent, or some even not-so-serious topics like things nobody tells you about having babies or women aren't going to get bulky from working out. And I didn't have to wait for them to tell me to do it. It's such a blessing to be surrounded by friends who encourage me to be obedient to what God is calling me to do. And they told me some amazing things about what God is calling them to do, but we'll have to save those for another episode. The next question in our stack of conversation cards was, what step are you going to take tomorrow to move towards godly risk? And I was like, okay, God, I get it. I'll start researching on how to actually do this podcast thing. So here I am trying to obediently follow God by doing the next thing. And I have so many ideas about what I could talk about, and I was trying to figure out where to start, but it seems like my own story is a good place. So let's go there. We're going to talk about infertility and miscarriage. My husband and I started trying to get pregnant shortly after our first wedding anniversary, and we had waited month after month hoping that That month would be when we got the positive pregnancy test. And after nine months of trying, my period was late. I peed on the little stick and waited expectantly for the two little lines to appear, but it was still negative. I thought maybe I tested too early, and so I waited another week. Still no period, but still a negative test. I decided to go to the doctor to get a blood test just to find out for sure if I was pregnant or not. And I went and I got my blood drawn, and I kid you not— On my way home from that doctor's appointment, I started my period. I was devastated. I was like, what's the deal? Why why can't I get pregnant? I didn't have any answers. And so we went to an OB to figure out what was going on, and we discovered that there were cysts on my ovaries. They informed me that I had polycystic ovary syndrome, or PCOS, and basically my ovaries lacked enough of the hormones needed to release mature eggs for fertilization, and when ovulation doesn't happen, the cysts can form, and there's no egg released to be fertilized, which means no baby. The doctor said that there really wasn't anything they could do to help us get pregnant until the cyst went away, so I started tracking my cycle and my temperature, and I went home and started praying, and I prayed hard for those cysts to disappear, and it seems, sometimes it seems like praying for something like that is pointless or that God doesn't even care, but nothing is further from the truth. Psalms 18.6 says, In my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. 
From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. God hears our prayers, and he cares about our worries. He wants us to give them to him. And nothing is too big or too small for him. And he will not always answer the prayers the way we want him to, but he will be with us through those times. And he will be big enough to handle whatever we throw at him. And that's a promise. We went back to the doctor three months later. The cysts were gone, which was an answered prayer for sure. They started me on clomiphene citrate or clomid, which works to stimulate the ovaries to produce an egg follicle or multiple follicles, which will mature and be released at ovulation. By God's good grace, it worked on the first cycle of taking it. I was pregnant. We went for our first ultrasound around six or eight weeks, and we heard the beautiful sound of that tiny heart beating. We saw the tiny baby's heart pumping on the ultrasound screen, and our hearts could have burst out of our chest from happiness. The baby was measuring a little smaller than we thought that it should be, but we thought maybe we just miscalculated the conception date, and so we were scheduled to come back in like two weeks. And they also took my blood and showed that my progesterone levels were a little bit low, so they started me on progesterone pills to bring that up to where it needed to be. Finally, some good news. We were pregnant. I had a tiny little baby growing in my belly. We told our parents and our close family, but we wanted to keep the news secret from others until I was a little bit further along. And we came up with the name Green Bean because our last name is Green. And at my follow-up appointment and two weeks later, it was actually scheduled on our wedding anniversary. And so I left work to go to the doctor, excited to see our little green bean on the ultrasound again. And my husband was at work, so my mom came with me to see the little nugget and ooh and all like grandmas like to do. The technician started the ultrasound and was working quietly. And having not been pregnant before, it didn't really faze me that she left to go get the doctor without even saying anything to me. So the doctor came in and was taking a look at the ultrasound, and then he gave me the worst news I think I've ever heard. He said, we could not find a heartbeat. He informed me that it appears the baby had stopped growing shortly after our first visit, and he went on to say more things, but I really couldn't tell you for the life of me what he said because my brain could not comprehend any of it. I think I was in shock because I don't even think I actually realized the gravity of what he said. I didn't actually realize that my baby was dead until my mom had to call my husband to get to the doctor's office. I was going to have to tell my husband that our baby was dead. They put me in a different room and I waited until my husband came. And when he got there, we just sat and cried together in that doctor's office. The doctor came in and gave us two options. We could either wait for my body to expel everything on its own or we could schedule a procedure known as a DNC. And if you want to know what that is, look it up. It kind of grosses me out, so I'm not going to really talk about it. But I remember feeling numb after we got home from that appointment. I mean, we should have been celebrating our second wedding anniversary, but instead we were sitting on our living room floor crying together and praying together. The next day I went back to work, and nobody there even knew that I had been pregnant. I had had to call my boss the day before after we got the bad news to tell him that I wouldn't be coming back to the office like I had planned after my appointment. And so when I got to work that next day, he came in and asked if congratulations were in order. He had guessed the reason that I had gone to the doctor, and I told him initially yes, but not anymore. He then told me about how he and his wife had gone through a miscarriage between their second and third child. He talked to me about their situation and how they handled it, and he gave me many kind words and passed along something that someone had told him. What he said stuck with me more than anything else at the time. He said, 
We are not promised kids. God does not have to give us children. They are a blessing from Him. It may seem like something harsh to say to someone who just lost a baby, but for some reason it comforted me. Just taking a step back to remember that God does not owe me anything, and yet He has given me everything. It was such a beautiful reminder that God is still in control, even when I don't understand the why behind what's happening. There was another lady in our office who I found out also had a miscarriage, and I'd talked to her about everything that she had gone through. And had I not had my own miscarriage, I never would have known these two had lost children. So why do people not talk about it? I know it's not something fun to share, but I can't tell you how grateful I am that those two people shared their story with me. It was comforting to know that I was not the only one. And miscarriages are actually pretty common. It's estimated that one in four pregnancies end in miscarriage, and that's not even counting the ones that people don't even know they're pregnant yet. That's a lot of people affected by miscarriage, and nobody talks about it. I was truly blessed by these two sharing their stories with me, and I want to be a part of hopefully blessing others, maybe even you, who have walked through this kind of loss or are currently going through it. I can't comprehend how... People would go through something like this without God. He is our creator and our comforter and our healer. And don't get me wrong, it was devastating to lose that child we had waited so long for, but I knew that my gracious father had a reason. I knew that hope was not lost. I was forced to lean on him for hope and for comfort, and I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot of different prayers because I didn't know even what to ask for. I remember praying that my body would expel the baby on its own so I wouldn't have to have surgery. I prayed that God would bring that baby back to life, and I prayed that He would give us an answer as to why this happened. I prayed that God would be glorified through this, even though I couldn't see how that could happen at the time. After a week or two, we decided to go ahead with the surgery. I was just ready for it to be over so I could stop worrying about it and waiting for something to happen. And surgery went well. I was told to wait two or three cycles before trying to get pregnant again. The waiting time passed, and my doctor put me back on Clomid. Uh, we got pregnant again on the first round. Woohoo! But my emotions were all over the place. I was excited to be pregnant again, but I was also terrified about having another miscarriage. Since my progesterone was so low on the first pregnancy, my doctor decided to do blood work and an ultrasound earlier on this one, and... They checked my levels, and they were still low, so I got put back on progesterone, and I was scheduled to come back like two weeks after that, again, for like a normal ultrasound. And I remember being so jittery and scared each time going back to the doctor. I would almost hold my breath as they searched for the heartbeat each time. And my baby didn't exactly make it easy either. That little stinker would hide from the nurses, and it would take forever to get a good heartbeat, and so I was just freaking out for ever while they tried to find a heartbeat, but praise the Lord, that pregnancy went fine. And even though everything was going great with that one, I would still get scared before each doctor's appointment, fearing that I would get some bad news or that something would happen or that we would lose it again. And even when my he was big enough to where I could start feeling him move, I would be so scared because he would be still for longer amount of time than I thought he should be. And so I would poke and jiggle my belly and try to get him to move. And God blessed me with a healthy baby boy. And a few years later, we decided we were going to try again. And so I had to take several rounds of Clomid. And we are now blessed with a baby girl too. And so why does this matter? Why does sharing this story matter? I know that not every infertility or miscarriage story ends the way mine did. 
But I'm so thankful that God saw fit to bless me with these two children. I also think that after going through that miscarriage, it made me more grateful for what He did give me afterwards. I know I always would have loved my children, but I feel like I have a better understanding of how much they are truly a blessing. God was not obligated to do anything for me. I didn't come from this viewpoint of thinking God took my baby away from me. I come from the stance of knowing I could never have done enough to even deserve such a blessing as a child. And I hope that those of you who have gone through something like this or are going through it now, I hope that you can find peace in knowing that God is in control. We may not understand the why or see how good could come out of our situation, but God knows. He has the full picture, and He will even use the bad things for His glory. I know that will probably upset some of you, and that's okay. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to bring those hurts to God. In fact, He wants us to. I go back to 1 Peter 5, 7, saying, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. And Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. The God of the whole universe has made Himself available to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. We can see through history how God has taken care of His people, even in their suffering. He is the Comforter. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, who comforts us in our, all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. As I was in the middle of infertility and miscarriage, I couldn't see how any good could come out of it, and I didn't understand why God would allow this to happen. But in hindsight, I think I've began to see how God could take something bad like that and use it for His glory. I've been able to share my story with friends and family who have struggled with getting pregnant or gone through miscarriage, and I've cried with others going through the same thing because I know how it feels. Maybe God allowed me to walk through all of this so He could use me to help others through it, just like it says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Maybe I'm supposed to pass the comfort God gave me during this time to others going through the same thing. So now I speak to you. If you are battling infertility or going through a miscarriage, you are not alone. Our stories may not be exactly the same or turn out the same way, but you don't have to face it by yourself. I encourage you to talk to someone. I promise there's probably someone you know who's gone through it too. Don't be afraid to share your own story. And don't be afraid to work through the feelings and emotions of it. It's not easy to keep on trying when you've waited for so long for a child of your own. And it's not easy to feel whole when you've lost a baby without even get to hold them. Listen, pour your heart out to God. Let Him carry the burden for you. You're not made to carry it alone. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you in my righteous hand. God says we're in His hand. He has us. He will carry us. And Psalms 34.18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The beautiful thing about believing in Jesus is that we have these promises. He will be close to us. He will save those who have crushed spirits. I know my spirit was pretty crushed after losing our first child, and it was only by God's grace that I made it through that. My only option was to trust Him, and I looked to Him for comfort and for healing and leaned into His presence to find peace in Him, even though I had no control over the situation. And that's what I encourage you to do, too. 
I'm not saying it will be easy. It definitely won't be. But I am saying that you can find peace and comfort and healing through Jesus, even in those hard times. I could not have gone through that without Jesus in my heart. And I could not have had peace through those times without the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Now, I know some of you are listening who may be saying that you want this peace and comfort and healing, but you don't know about this Jesus. Or maybe you have heard about him, but you don't believe in him as your Savior and Lord and accepted him into your heart. Here's the good news. It's not too late. Jesus is ready to give you these things. He wants to give them to you. He created you to be in relationship with him. But since the first sin entered the world, we have been separated from God, and that relationship was broken. But God loves us so much, He sent His only Son, Jesus Christ, to earth in the form of a human. He lived a perfect life and paid the penalty for our sin on that cross. And after three days in the tomb, He defeated the power of death and sin, and He rose again. When we believe in Him and follow Him, He sends His Holy Spirit to live inside of us and to advocate for us and, and to give us strength. Romans 8.26 says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And one of my favorite verses, Galatians 5.22-23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There are no laws against these things. You can have that in your life. You can have the comforter, the advocate, the one who produces peace. If that's you and you want this in your life, you can pray something like this. God, I know I've messed up. I know that I'm a sinner and that I can't save myself. Thank you for loving me so much that you sent your own son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place on that cross. Thank you for him not staying dead, but raising to life and defeating death and sin. I want you in my life. I want to follow you and obey you for the rest of my life. I invite you in. I am yours. Now, there are no specific words that magically make you a believer, but if that prayer reflects what's in your heart, then give it all to God. I promise that you won't regret giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. You will have the God of the entire universe with you, comforting you, giving you peace in the toughest of situations. He will not always make the bad things go away, but He will never leave you to go through them alone. Something that I've found through the years is that He can use anything for good and His glory. We may not understand it while we're going through it. We may not even understand it on this side of eternity. But God sees the full picture, and we can rest and find peace in knowing that He is in control. Nothing takes Him by surprise. Our God is big enough to bring us through the hard times, and He's big enough to bring good out of the bad. And as we close out, I wanted to take a second to thank each of you who have listened today. I truly, truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to me tell my story. And I hope that you can see how God has used even the darkest times of my life to bring hope and peace. And I hope that you are encouraged and that you can work through your own story and lean into God in the process. I want to say a prayer for those of you who are currently going through infertility or miscarriage right now. Father God, thank you for being near the brokenhearted. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit to help us in our weakness and to pray for us when we don't have the words. 
I pray that you would surround each of these women and families battling with infertility and going through the pain of miscarriage. Pour out your presence and peace on them. Comfort their hurting hearts and lift them up, Lord God. I pray that you would bring healing to their bodies and hearts and souls. You would know exactly what they need. Thank you for being so faithful, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Let's Go There. If you liked what you heard, please leave a comment and subscribe so you can get the latest episodes and help others find this podcast too. I truly believe that this is something that needs to be discussed more since it affects so many people. This first season, we're going to hear the stories from other women who have struggled with infertility, gone through IVF, and had other pregnancy-related issues. I hope that you keep on listening.